Welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Amen. I, I, I am excited, man, about what God is doing. We want you guys to know if you are a visitor, we love to have you guys here. We call us a family. So welcome to the family. I want to just throw in what Matt said about New Mana. So last Sunday, the church looked completely different. We didn't have a chair in this place, really. It was just all tables, and we were just serving and packaging food. And it's so funny to me because I think sometimes we have an ideal or a mentality that church is you come in, you sing a song, two, three songs, have a sermon, sing a song, and you leave, and that constitutes church, right? But I tell you, I felt like we were more the church last Sunday than we've ever been, amen? Because we had hairnets on and aprons on, and we were packaging food to send to El Salvador. We got to truly be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so thank you guys for doing that. We're going to do that more often, just so you know. Uh, we we want to do more things like that. And the best part about it, and this is what I love about you guys, you guys turned food packaging into a competition. So... <laughs> So like everybody with their hairnets on, it was like their table was the best. Man, I loved every moment of that. So um, thank you guys for, for doing that. Um, I want to take the next month, really through November, I want to talk about something that's kind of uh, just near and dear to my heart right now. And I'll tell you a little bit about that here in, in, in just a second why. But I want to talk about a focused life. Everybody say focus. Nudge your neighbor and say focus. Pay attention. All right, good job. Some of you guys start to fade out, so you're going to have to do that here in a minute. Um, Here's why. Here's why I want to talk about a focused life, because I feel like like once Halloween is over and and the madness of the holidays begins to enter in. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm just telling you, I've been on Facebook and I've watched the skeletons for Halloween have come down and the Christmas trees have already gone up. You guys know what I'm talking about? And I feel like that's a weird transition. I'm just throwing that out. Like, if that's you, we love you, but you forgot about a whole different season in the middle there, all right? There's a buildup. There is a buildup. I feel like the Monster Mash song was just on, and now we're singing Jingle Bells. And it doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel right. And so somewhere in the middle, like from Halloween and then through this madness of the next two months, I feel like sometimes it's easy to lose focus, and it just becomes a blur. And so today, really what I want to do is I want to kick off just for the next three weeks, how do we begin to focus our life into the right things through the month of November and December and these holidays? Because if there was ever a time where we just need to really dig in and focus, it'd be now. Because you, you, get, you get this November Thanksgiving gratitude mentality to build into the greatest gift that God could give us, which is himself and Jesus, Amen. And so I think a lot of times we just, we just miss that. And I, I don't know if, like, if you're like me, but um, distractions come easy. And I can get so easily distracted. And uh, I'm going to, like this mic is driving me crazy. Okay. Can you guys hear? Okay, perfect. And so I, I want to make sure that we, we, we truly hone in on what God has for us. And so we're going to go through that for, for just a little bit. And I'll tell you why I think it's so important. We live in a world that contends and vies for your attention. Amen. Like everything around you is vying for your attention and your focus. Focus on me, focus on me, focus on me. Marketing is everywhere. Marketing is everywhere. You, you can't drive down the road and see, not see billboards. You can't watch TV without constant commercials, right? You, you, you can't get on the internet without pop-ups trying to sell you on something. You can't get on social media without marketing. It's how we make, you know, billions of dollars through marketing because they know that they can get your attention, that they can get your focus, that you're going to be sucked in. In fact, I was sharing with first service, I was at a restaurant just a couple of days ago, 
And uh, I went to the bathroom and was standing at the urinal, and this screen popped up in front of me with somebody's face on it, right? Which is awkward. And so you're, you're sitting there, and the screen pops on, and it was all marketing for their products. And they've got your attention because you can't look side to side, obviously, right? That's just so you know, don't do that, gentlemen, right? That's, that's a no-no, right? And, and so they've got your attention for, for this moment. And so I'm thinking, man, this is what we're dealing with. You can't even take a pee without somebody trying to steal your attention and focus. Amen? I'm just saying. Like, that's all. Anybody find that awkward when those screens pop up? First of all, it knows you're there. So don't tell me there's not a camera in there. I'm just saying. It's conspiracy. I'm just throwing it out to you. All right? It's motion. Okay. <laughs> I believe you. But here's the deal, everything, the most simple things in life that we once enjoyed in peace and solitude are now still in your focus and your attention. And you better believe the enemy has designed that, amen? You better believe the enemy has designed that. And so more than anything, that song that we just sang, man, just getting out of this stuff that's trying to steal your focus and your attention and getting into the presence of God more than any other time maybe in history is so important right now. And so I, I want to address that a little bit today, um, and, and I, I, want, I want you to know that focus is important in all aspects of your life. F focus is important in vision. It's important, it's important for you to know your purpose and your calling. Focus is important in your marriage and your family and all those things, and, 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 and I want to address those things down the road. But all that focus at the end of the day, if it's not pointed towards the number one affection, Jesus Christ, we're missing the mark. We're just missing the mark. In fact, focus defined, this is what the definition of focus is. The center of activity, attraction, and attention. The center of activity, attraction, and attention. Making adjustment for distinct vision. And so I'm reading this, and I love this definition because I believe it captures um, and puts into perspective what we're really after. Where our activity and our attraction and our attention resides. And if our attention and our activity and our, and our attraction does not reside in Jesus Christ, then we're missing the mark. Amen, church. And it's okay to say that. It's okay to say that, and I'm just telling you right now, and, and, and if we're missing the mark, that second part of that definition says making adjustments for distinct vision. And so there are times where our attention and our attraction and, 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 and our, our, our affections are not for Jesus, and so we've got to make some adjustments to bring us back into focus again. And so it's important that you and I see that when we talk about focus today, we're talking about making sure those things, attention, attraction, affections, are on the right thing. Because I, I, I don't know if you're like me, but I can walk around with my wise, eyes wide open and still miss things. Amen? I was sharing with first service this morning, my wife and I, this, this, this brings tension in our home at times, all right? I can walk through the living room and she says, did you notice anything in the living room? And I'm like, no. And she goes, well, there's clothes all over the floor. And I'm like, I didn't even see them. Any guys resonate? Ladies, can you resonate with your husbands on, on that? Okay, all right. I can walk through the kitchen. There can be dishes in the sink. I can walk through and she says, did you not notice the dishes? And as God is my witness, my eyes are wide open and I did not see the dishes in the sink. Amen, guys. Somebody say preach. <laughs> all right. All right, let's, let's knock that off. All right, but you see what I'm saying. You can have your eyes wide open and not have the right focus and miss things that are right in front of you. Amen? So spiritually, the same thing can happen. We can sit here and think that we're going through all the right processes and doing all the right things and miss out on the most important thing, and that is 
Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to something um, we're gonna, in Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to read a scripture verse out of there. We're going to jump around a few other verses. And we focused on this before in here, but I, I just, in this season, man, God has just really pressed this on my heart. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And just set this up. You, you, you've heard the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. Jesus is teaching maybe one of the greatest sermons of all time. Um, loving enemies, treating others with respect, all of these things. And then in, in chapter 6, he says something profound right here in verse 31, right before this. I'm just going to paraphrase. Basically what he says is, why are you worried about your life? Why, why are you worried about things in your life? Why are you worried about your life? Why are you worried about things in your life? Why are you worried about things like clothes and food and shelter and, and things that we strive for and, and, and have vision to attain? Why are you worried about success and, and, and stature? Whatever it is, why are you worried about it? All of it can be summed up in this. And this is what he tells us in, in, in Matthew 6, But seek, somebody say seek. First, somebody say first. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. It's like right in front of us, God gives us like his heavenly mandate that says you're worried about all of these things, success, stature, you're worried about food, clothes, you're worried about all of these things, and all of it, all of it comes on the heels of just simply seeking Jesus first and his kingdom. And so, and so what I want to do is I want to focus on three of those words. Seek, I want to focus on the word seek, I want to focus on the word first, and I want to focus on the word kingdom. Because he says, seek first. And so he's saying, look, 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 look first. Go after first. And I want you to hear this, church, because this is important. There's always a primary function of every believer. This is right here. This is always the primary function of every, every believer, to seek first the kingdom. Because when we have the kingdom as something that we're seeking first, it changes everything around us. Amen? It, it changes everything thing around us. And I, I want you to know, I believe all scripture is amazing, and I believe all scripture is life-changing, because I believe all scripture is God-breathed. I believe it from the very core. I don't think it's just good stories. I think it's all God-breathed. But I want you to know something. This activity right here in Matthew 6, all these beatitudes, all the Sermon on the Mount, just this powerful, powerful word that Jesus gives is all kind of summed up here of going, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. It's the driving force of our life. It's the driving force of our life. So maybe the issue in your life, just to kind of set this up for you to engage, maybe the issue in your life, maybe the issue in my life isn't that we're running the wrong race, isn't that we're running the wrong race, but simply we're not putting first things first in our personal lives. We're not putting first things first in our professional lives. We're not putting first things first in our families. And, and some of that comes from the fact that we have distractions in life. How many of you guys have distractions in life? Yeah? If your neighbor's a distraction, say, stop being a distraction right now. Okay, some of you guys, that's good, all right? We have distractions in our life where we just simply get distracted and then we just get off course. We don't realize we're off course, but we get off course. In Psalm 106, we read the psalmist say something that I think is profound here. So we, we, we see the psalmist sharing kind of historically what's happened in Israel, the way that God came in and rescued and all these things. And here's how the psalmist says in Psalm 106. says, praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his love endures forever. That's how he opens up. You think it's going to be really good too. He's like, give praise to the Lord, give thanks to the Lord, his love endures forever. And you're starting off in Psalm 106 and it sounds really good. And then it, he just goes right into it. He goes, but now you've sinned against God. 
And then he goes on and he says this in verse 7. When our ancestors were in Egypt, they gave no thought to your miracles. They gave no thought to it. They forgot about them. They did not remember your many kindnesses that you shared. And they rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea. Verse 12. They believed his promises and they sang his praise, but they soon forgot. Somebody say forget. They soon forgot what he had done. They forgot the God who saved them when he had done great things in Egypt, miracles in the land. You see, this is common throughout all of Scripture. God moves, they forget. God moves, they forget. God moves, they forget. God moves, they forget. And their hearts and their affections and their attraction and their attention are all set on something else. All set on these earthly kingdoms. All set on their own stature. All set on their own successes. And so God's constantly trying to remind them, don't you remember what I've done? Don't you remember how I brought, don't you remember what all this has been for? Don't you remember? And I don't feel like we're too far from this. Because we see this all through scripture and we can see this all through our own lives. It's like we, we can have this laser focus. I guarantee you, the moment they were walking through the Red Sea, when it parted, I guarantee you in that moment they were giving thanks to God. Amen? He was their one thing. There was nothing else. Man, they were caught up in his presence as they crossed over on dry land through the Red Sea. And when they got to the other side, I bet you it was hours later they forgot. <laughs> hours later, they, something else happened. Something came in, and all of a sudden they began to forget. And so I don't know that we're very far from that, where all of a sudden we can see God moving, and in a minute we can actually forget about that. And so, so some of this stirred. I just want to share a personal just kind of testimony for a minute. Some of this stirred in my life. I shared with you guys uh, a couple of weeks ago, I've kind of been in a season of drought. Anybody ever been in a season of drought in your life? Yeah? You just kind of, you feel like you're going through the motions. You just, you just kind of feel like, and, and you're going, wow, yeah. I, I felt like, look, I feel that way. I feel like the, the last couple of weeks, you know, we, we went to Guatemala, had an awesome encounter with the Lord. I came back, and I just feel like I've been just going through the motions. And I'm like, God, what is going on? And, and, and um, man, I was just really, my heart was just kind of like, Lord, I... I want you, but I'm not really pursuing you. I'm saying that you're my all in all and that you're my affection, attention, and all that stuff. But I'm just, I'm not pursuing, I wasn't doing anything to pursue him. I just, I was going through the motions. And I was doing it all in, in, in the disguise of ministry. But I just let all the distractions of, 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 of being in ministry and being a pastor just, you know, just, just come over. And so um, I had a really cool encounter not too long ago, just a couple of days ago, in fact. And somebody asked me to kind of tell the story of how, how we became a church. And so I went back to 2007, and, and I told them, yeah, we start off with, you know, 20 people, and we met at Explorer Elementary School. And, and I told them, like, that was a tough season. That was a tough season for me. It was a tough season for my wife. It was a tough season for our staff. I remember many times where I was like, I'm going to walk away from ministry. This is just ridiculous, man. I, like, I, I thought it was going to be something else, Lord, and, and I wanted to walk away. And, and the Lord was faithful Man, he was so faithful, and year after year after year after year, he just kept showing his faithfulness, and so I'm sharing this story, and as I'm sharing the story, you know how you can share a story and all of a sudden get recharged a little bit? So I'm sharing the story, and they're like, well, how did you do this? And I was like, I, I didn't, God did it, right? And it was like, I was like getting excited again. And they were like, well, how, what about this? I'm like, I don't know, man, God moved. And then, like, I'm in there, I'm sharing the story, and in my, in my heart... God's reminding me of all of the things that he has done, and then somehow I put him to the side and said, you know, I've got it now, Lord. 
Because you, you, you hit a certain measure where you feel like, okay, so what is success or what it, whatever it is in church life or whatever it is in family life or whatever it is where God has brought you to, like, you know, he'll save a marriage. And for about a month, that marriage is like, we are on fire for you, God. And then you're like, a year from now, how's your marriage doing? And it's like, I don't know. We try to take over and do it ourselves, right? We do this. And so I'm, I'm sharing this, and the Lord's reminding me every step of the way how he brought us through. And they were like, so, 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 you know, the church has grown. Like, what, what's your growth strategy? And just immediately, man, God just reminded me in my heart. From the time that we became a church in 2007, before we became Reliance and we were part of a campus, I remember there's two things. People used to ask us all the time. Which, you know, because everybody's big into growth strategies, right? So what's your growth strategy for, for, for growing ministry? That was kind of the question. And I remember the Lord took me back to two things that I had just forgotten. And the first one was when Jesus said, he said, when I'm lifted up, I'll draw all people into myself. And I remember that, and the Lord says, do you remember when you said, all you're gonna do is lift up my name and I'll do the rest? I was like, yeah, Lord, I remember that. And then he said, do you remember where he says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you? And I tell you, ah, oh, brings tears to my eyes now. It's like the two most simplest thing, lift up the name of Jesus, draw into his presence and he'll do the rest, amen? And I overcomplicated it. I made it about, look, we made it about worship and kids ministry and youth ministry and preaching and outreach events. And, and all those things are good. And he'll say, literally in the word, he says, I'll add all those things unto you. But don't, for, don't, don't forget the first thing is just to seek me. And so I've had this like, this thing in my life of going, here I am going through drought, putting myself in that drought because I forgot the most important thing in my life. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Testify, amen? Because if it was based off my righteousness, we'd be in a, a world of hurt, church. And so it, it was like God began to shift some things in my life. And so for me, um, this really became very, very, very personal uh, with what the Lord was trying to show me in, in making sure that we get back on the right track, and I just want to share one more thing with that, and here's why. When we talk about affection, being affectionate for Jesus, we talk about having affections for Jesus, here's the problem with, with sometimes American affection or American Christianity. We love everything. Do you guys notice that? Like, I love Texas Roadhouse. Do I hear an amen? Right? I love it. I love to, you know, Christy's always, she likes to try, like, new places, and I, you guys have heard me say this. I call them foo-foo places. Like, they want to give you, like, crumpets or something like that, Right? Or, or shawarmas or something called, like, something like that, right? And, uh, and so, and so, like, I, I'm a steak and potatoes guy. That's what I, so I love that. And so we say things like, I love Texas Roadhouse. I say things like, I love K-State. I love this. I love this. And so we put love on everything. And then if somebody says, well, what about Jesus? I say, I love Jesus. And so all of a sudden, all of these things that we love are just what have our affections. Do you guys understand what I'm saying here? Okay. And so what happens is they go, well, so do you, you love all these things. How do you love Jesus? And although in my heart and my mind I'm thinking, no, 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 my love for the Lord is here and, and, and all these other things are down here, it's so easy to just lump Jesus in with all the other affections that I have. He just becomes another affection, not the affection, just another affection that I have. I love him in the same way that I love blank. And so what I, what I think it, 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 Jesus is trying to address here, personally, what I think he's trying to address here is, is he the one that gets all of your affection and then everything else you do flows from that? 
Amen? And so he uses the word that I want to talk about uh, first. He uses the word first. Everybody say first. So he says, so your priority every day is to seek his kingdom. And he uses the word first. And the Greek word that he's using there in this first is this. It means first in order of importance. Holding the highest place in all of our affections. First in order of importance. Holding the highest place of all of our affections. And church, I, this, is, this is huge because the word first is not in reference to time, but quality. Amen? Like he's not saying, seek first the kingdom of God for an hour a day in your devotion life and then you're done. Does everybody understand that? He's not tying, seek first the kingdom of God into a time frame. He's tying, seek first the kingdom of God into a quality in which we live our life. Meaning you seek first the kingdom of God in every relationship. When you walk into work, when you come home to family, when you're in your car. He, you seek first the kingdom of God in every single thing you do. Does everybody understand that? So it's not, he's not saying seek first the kingdom of God as like it's this time thing. Once you've done it for an hour, you're good. Now go about your day. He's trying to erase that mentality. And I, I want to share this because I think it's important. And I know we've discussed it in here um, over and over and over through the years. But I want to clarify. You will not find in Scripture anywhere, nowhere at all where it says, seek first the kingdom of God in your personal life. And then in your professional life, it will work itself out. But, but we are so good at compartmentalizing. We're so good at saying, man, you should see my church life. I'm a rock star. Right? And then in my professional life, I don't really take Jesus because that's kind of faux pas and you don't do that. And then into my family, man, I do good. But I don't really take Jesus into my friends because they'll think I'm weird. Whatever, right? And so we, we kind of compartmentalize how we seek first the kingdom of God, go after Jesus in our life. You'll never find that in Scripture. Seek first the kingdom of God in every area of your life. Amen, church. And so, so we, we don't pursue his kingdom as the first of several stops on our journey. It's not like we're gonna pursue the kingdom of God and his righteousness and it's just gonna be a series of stops. This is really good news, meaning that at the end of the day when he says seek first the kingdom of God, the Galatian church did this. They started by, by, by pursuing the kingdom of God and they remembered that Jesus was their righteousness and that it was awesome for them. They were saved, it was a bunch of Gentiles and they were like, man, God saved us, God saved us. We are so excited that God saved us. And then if you've read the book of Galatians, which we've done in here many, many times, all of a sudden the Galatian believers began to do something that all of us have a tendency to do. Instead of Jesus being enough, they added things to Jesus. So the Galatian church did the same thing that we do. They said that Jesus was enough at one time. Now Jesus and reading my Bible two hours a day is what's going to get me into heaven. Now Jesus and having a prayer life for four hours a day is what's going to get me into heaven. Now Jesus and the fact that I shared the gospel with one person and notched my belt is going to get me into heaven. What they did was they took this precious treasure of seeking first the kingdom of God before all things and they just simply added to it. And so by the grace of God, man, by the grace of God, he, Paul's trying to bring them back and say, no, 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 remember, it's just seeking first the kingdom of God, and then everything else will be added later, right? And then there's the second word that he uses here that I want to talk about, and that word is seek. The word seek. The second aspect of the kingdom being a priority is the command to pursue and seek it. And I want to camp out on this one for a minute because I, I believe that um, we all would stand in here if, if, if you're in Christ and if you've said yes to Jesus, all of us would be in this agreement of going, yeah, God has to be the most important thing. 
God has to be the most important thing. I mean, I believe that's what scripture says. I get that part. So my question to you is, are we seeking God as the most important thing? So, so let's talk about that word seek for, for just a minute. Our seeking, when you use the word seeking, is intentional, yet God doesn't force it upon us. Amen? He leaves that into our court. God is not trying to manhandle you into seeking him. He's given you this choice of going, look, seek me and you're going to find me. We don't seek God by accident. You don't stumble into God. That's not what seeking is. Seeking is a deliberate choice to search for God with eyes of your heart. Amen. It's a deliberate choice. I don't kind of stumble into my Bible. I don't kind of stumble into the presence of God. I've set things up in my life. I've set parameters up in my life where I'm going to be intentional during the day, intentional during my devotion time, intentional during my, my prayer time, where I am going to seek after God. And it's not going to be by accident. Amen, church. And so this word seek is important because, because David's heart, this is how he was bent. This scripture verse is becoming more and more evident to me of, of where I want to be at in my life. Psalm 27, 4, it's a popular one. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Version. And David says this, one thing I have asked of the Lord, one thing, one thing I have asked of the Lord, that will I seek, that will I inquire for, and insistently require, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord in his presence all the days of my life. Look, I want you to hear something, church. In that psalm, David wasn't crying. One thing, if I get an audience with God, one thing I'm going to ask for is a million dollars. David didn't say, if, if, I get a, the, and if I get a stand before the presence of God, and, and he says, I'm going to give you something, I'm not going to ask for that new truck, right? David's like, look, if I get to stand before God, and, and, and he asks me, like, this is what I'm going to inquire of him. This is what I'm going to seek from him. The one thing that I want to do is I just simply want to be in the presence of God all the days of my life. That's what I want. And this is why this is important. This is important because I think for many of us, sometimes we've got this thought like God good God first, I get it, but does our seeking line up with it? Seek first, not think first the kingdom of God. Seek first, not think first the kingdom of God. Seeking God is actually, and this is, this is cool, seeking God is actually more about just abiding in him. Amen, church? You're not, you're not trying. This isn't a try thing. The cool thing about this is the word for seek here, the Greek word, means to hunger, means to hunger and desire to worship. So when it says seek first the kingdom of God, it just means hunger and desire to worship the kingdom of God. And so it takes the pressure off of you and I going, I've got to try harder then, I've got to try harder. It just simply means that we're okay with the presence of God being in, in our lives. So seeking God is actually more about abiding in God. Listen, listen to John 14, 23. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father and I will love him, and we will come and make our abode, our house, our living, our dwelling, we will come and make our abode with him. 1 John 2, 24. Abide in me, and I will abide in you. If you abide in me, and my word abides in you, you can ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Abide in my love. 1 Corinthians 3.16. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple, and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? 
really what it comes down to, church, and I love this, this quote that I read. It says, you are a habitation of God. That's what it means to seek first the kingdom of God. You're a habitation of God. Regardless of what seeking God means for you now, you're going to have to get used to the fact that your life is all about the habitation of God in your life. Amen? And something in us has to say, man, I'm okay, I'm okay with that. Um, John Ortberg writes in his book, The Pursuit of God, and he uses a, a cool kid's illustration um, from Where's Waldo. Anybody grow up with the Where's Waldo books? Yeah? Yeah, those books drove me insane, right? Where's Waldo? And, and, and he writes this. He says, where's Waldo? Why doesn't he show himself plainly? And yet, he says, he is on every page, but you have to look for him. Let every day, every moment of your life be another page. God is there. The scripture tells us on every one of them, he is there. The Bible says to seek the Lord while he may be found. Solomon said of God in Proverbs 8, 17, I love those who love me and those who search for me will find me. Let me, let me tell you, I'm an impatient person, right? And I, 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 t- I, I laugh because I said I hated those Where's Waldo books because if I couldn't find him right away, I just wanted to rip the page out and go to the next one, right? But yet if you looked hard enough, you would always find him on the page. And I wonder if that's so telling of our nature, that if we can't find God right away in the situation, if we can't find God right away in the circumstance, if we can't see God working right away, if we don't just keep going on and focus on something else. Amen, church. Real quickly, I want to share this because I think it's important. So, so in Jeremiah 29, 13, and we've read this in here many times, he reiterates this and he says something. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I want to read that one more time. I want you to fill in the blank. You will seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with what? All your heart or your whole heart. Let me tell you why this lines up with what we're talking about. Because at the end of the day, this contingency on seeking God and finding God really aligns with does our heart's affections go out for other things or is he our heart's affections? Is he all, he, he's, look, he doesn't want to share us. I want you to hear this. God's not interested in sharing you with the world. So he wants you. And then, yeah, even though he wants you, his blessings and his nature is that he gives good gifts to his kids. And so he finishes that verse in, in Matthew 6, with saying, seek first his kingdom. And don't worry, everything else will be added to you anyways. But he's saying, I have no desire to share you with those other things first. And so let me just ask you a series of questions. What are you seeking today? What are you after? What do you want? If, if you want to determine honestly if God is first in your life, then think about the way you spend your time. Think about, think about the way you spend your time for just a minute. Ask yourself, if all the things you want to do crowd him out, then he, he's probably not your first priority. What do you believe is really vital to you? In other words, what do you think you absolutely have to have in life, and that'll begin to tell you whether or not you are seeking first the kingdom of God or seeking first other things. And then finally, let me just talk about the kingdom of God and his righteousness for just a minute. The kingdom of God, Jesus said again, is not of this world, and so the idea of seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, in doing so, we will not find the answers of the world, but we will find the answers of the creator of the world, amen? I, I, I love this. 
the, the reason that this is so profound is that at the end of the day, all of us want answers to life's questions. We're always seeking self-help books. We're always trying to find a book that says the better me, the better version of me, the better life, the better marriage, the better husband, the better wife, the better life of singleness or whatever. You can find any of them. We're all in this search of better, 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 better. Yet, we've got the answer of where the better comes from, and his name is Jesus. And yet, we'll look for every other aspect but him first. Amen? So we're going to better ourselves. And look, there's great stuff out there, and there's great Christian authors that write all about it. And I'm fascinated with it, and I think it's good stuff. But at the end of the day, no 12-step program will ever do what the heart of Jesus can do for you. At the end of the day, no self-help book will ever get you to the place of what being in the presence of Jesus will do for your life. And God knows this because he created you and he created everything within you. So the desires of his heart is that you don't seek everything else first. You seek him and then go and do your 12 steps if you want. Seek him and then go read about how to be a better husband, which you should. But if you don't seek him first and you read the book first and you forget about him, you'll never be the husband you should be. Amen? All right, worship team, come up. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> look, look, look what Romans 4, 17, 14, 17 defines the kingdom of God as. The kingdom of God is a life of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. This is what we're seeking, church. We're seeking a life of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what we're after. It's not some complicated thing. We want peace. Anybody want peace? Anybody want joy? Anybody want to live a right life? This is what we're after. And so he's given us the way to do it. Be in his presence. Make, that every, make sure every single day when you wake up that where you're starting at and where you're in the middle at and where you're finishing at in every conversation and every, every job thing that you go to and every grocery store you walk into and in your family environments and your relationships that everything hinges on first and foremost seeking the kingdom of God and asking the kingdom of God to come in that situation. So... That said, you guys just entertain me for a minute and close your eyes. I just want you to picture this week, last week, this week, last month, last year, this year, whatever time frame you want to put on it. What would your time say about what you're seeking the most? What would your actions say about what you're seeking the most? I just want you to get this imagery for a minute. If somebody was looking through a window at your whole life, which sounds a little creepy, but just go with it. If somebody was looking through a window and they got to see your day play out, from the moment that you wake up to the moment that you lay your head down, if they got to look through a window and they got to see your whole life play out, would they be able to tell without you telling them, would they be able to tell what you seek first? Would they be able to tell what your affections are for? Would they be able to tell what your attention is driven towards? Would they be able to tell what the desires of your heart are? Would they be able to tell what you're attracted to? Somebody's looking through the window of your life. They get to see your days play out. And then they get to walk away and they get to write a note to you that says, hey, here's what I think 
that if I read you right, this is what you're most affectionate for. This is what your attention is drawn to. This, this, this right here is what I think you're attracted to. And at the end of those sentences, would it be Jesus? Would it be his kingdom? Would it be his name? And if it's not, if it's not, then maybe the adjustment that we need to make today is we need to make the adjustment today to say, Father, forgive me that you have not been the affection, the attention, and the attraction of my life. But today, God, I make a commitment to stand before you and say, Jesus, each and every day that I get up, I want to seek first the kingdom of God. I've chased successes. I've chased, God, having everything in life. I've chased, you know, God, I've chased possessions. I've chased whatever, pleasures. And I realize, God, that those probably have spoken more about my life than you have. So today, God, I lay those down, and I refocus. I'm going to focus my life on the right things. I'm going to set my heart to seek first the kingdom of God. So I'm going to invite you, if you would, church, just to stand. I'm going to invite the prayer team to come. You guys can come up, prayer team. If you know right now that, that, that somebody's looking in the window of your life, and the kingdom of God and Jesus and His name are not your affections, your attraction, your attention, but you're ready for that, I'm gonna invite you to, to come to the altar. There's no shame, there's no guilt, no condemnation. Look, I need you to hear me say this. That's me right here, that's me today. That's me today. You look at the window of my life, it would not have shown those things, but I'm promising you today, I'm trying to make a turnaround in my life. Because just because you stand on a platform doesn't mean you have it all together. Do I hear an amen? I want the things of God. I want to go back to wanting what I wanted before. I want to see the simple things. I want to strip it all down. I want to simplify this thing. I want to pursue the presence of Jesus. That's what I want. So if that's you, you want to strip it all down, go back after the simple things of the Lord and just say, God, I want you. That's it. I want you. I'm going to invite you to come. They want to pray over you today. The altar is open too if you just want to come by yourself. Let's go after the heart of God and worship Him this morning. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.